My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. As I've said before, I didn't read comic books as a child. Daddy didn't believe in such trucks, saying, If you want a superhero, you turn to the Holy Bible and read about Samson and his super strength, or Jesus and his mighty miracles. That should be all the adventure you need. So I was never exposed to any of the offerings from Marvel or DC, and thus knew nothing of Thor or Hawkeye or Iron Man or even Hulk. As a result, I came cold to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or to the uninitiated, the MCU. Point of fact, I learned all of my superhero lore from the many, 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 many films that have been churned out by Marvel and Disney for the last 13 years. Imagine that, 13 years? Why, a boy born when Iron Man came out in 2008 would be ready for his bar mitzvah now. I mean, you know, if he were Jewish and didn't believe in Jesus, like everybody ought to. But that's neither here nor there, unless you're interested in, I don't know, going to heaven. But anyway, I wasn't even aware of the movies until I started reviewing films, so my young friend Hank, who's hep to the zeitgeist, had to show me all the Marvel pictures on DVD. That took up a big chunk of my life, but it certainly brought me up to speed. Now I can go into any malt shop and converse with the Bobby Soxers and Hot Rodders about S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hydra and the Winter Soldier and whoever. And it well prepared me for today's review, a critique of the film Black Widow. Don't do it! Too late! Besides, my audience loves my reviews. Why, whenever they hear my voice, they say... He's back. No, they say, that Farmer Gray, we so enjoy his every edition. I mean, you're embarrassing yourself. It looks desperate. We'll just have to agree to disagree. Now, if you remember from the last Avengers movie, poor Black Widow, a.k.a. Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Scarlett Johansson, a.k.a. the wife of that fella on Saturday Night Live, sacrificed her life to help obtain one of the Infinity Stones and so restore a shattered universe. Consequently, this ain't a sequel to that. It's a what you call prequel, falling on the timeline between Captain America's Civil War, when a bunch of the Avengers got in trouble for breaking the Sokovia Accords, don't ask, and those last two Avengers movies where they were battling their ultimate enemy, Thanos. So Black Widow, it's a, uh, well, I guess it's a while she was waiting to be an Avenger again movie. It starts, though, with an origin story way back in 1995 when two youngsters, Natasha and Yelena, are living in Ohio with what you assume to be their parents, Alexei and Melina. But this situation doesn't last because soon the four must flee this idyllic land of white picket fences. See, it turns out mom and dad are not mom and dad, but are instead Russian spies, with the children, who aren't really theirs at all, and not even sisters, used simply as props. But with their cover blown and the American authorities closing in, they fly after an airport shootout to Cuba. And it's at that point that Natasha and Yelena, separated from their counterfeit parents, are turned over to Russia's Black Widow training program, a program to turn girls into some of the most efficient killing machines the world's ever seen. The story then jumps ahead to 2016, when Natasha's an Avenger on the run, and Yelena, now a fully qualified assassin, comes back into her life. 
See, Elaine has got possession of an antidote to free the Black Widows from the mind control that's behind all their killing and mischief-making. The rest of the movie has them looking for the evil Drakov, who runs the Black Widow program, and that necessitates that they reconnect with Melina and Alexei. The latter, it turns out, is a super soldier, like Captain America, but for Russia and with the name Red Guardian. And, of course, they have to fight off a whole passel of other Black Widows, along with Drakov's most deadly assassin, Taskmaster, whose identity is hidden behind a mask. Now, you might be interested to know that Disney took the Wonder Woman approach with this photo play about empowered gals. And by that, I mean they hired a female director of independent films, in this case, Ms. Kate Shortland, to helm their big-budget actioner. Hailing from Australia, which you recall is the former British penal colony, she made a name for herself with films like Somersault and Lore and the horror movie Berlin Syndrome. How many others are there? I don't know, I just looked up those three. Anyway, all these pictures revolved heavily around their lead actresses, and here she performs the same female-centric task, but with plenty of high octane in the tank. Now, I'll say this about the film. It's not a bad ride at all, no, sir. And it's got its surprises, that's for sure. Like, for example, as you'd expect, the action set pieces, including an apartment fight between Natasha and Yelena, a prison break for Alexei, and a bridge battle twixt Natasha and Taskmaster. They keep the heart pumping, yes, indeed. But amidst all that, there was a small moment that affected me even more. It was at the beginning of the movie when, as the family escapes from their suburban home, the young Natasha, played by 13-year-old Ever Anderson, looks dolefully out the car window at a little league game. And there it was, normal life so close and yet so hopelessly out of reach, as she headed inexorably towards something far more sinister. Put me right in her shoes, though I guess I'd look funny in a little girl's footwear, don't you think? Anyway, as far as the performances go, Miss Johansson brings her same combination of a steady hand and ready humor to the role that she demonstrated the other eight times she's played it. In fact, when the script appeared, she no doubt said, I don't want to do this. Nonsense. I'm sure she said, a ninth time, count me in. Or maybe, got a better idea? One of those. Anyway, as for her co-stars, Florence Pugh and Rachel Weisz are fine as Elena and Melina, respectively. But face it, folks, this ain't Shakespeare, so really all that's needed between the CGI and stunt people is reasonable competence as an actor. That's not fair. No, no, I've not impugned their talents. They've all had a chance to shine in previous pictures. Ms. Weiss is an Oscar winner, and I was quite taken with Ms. Pugh and the wrestling tale fighting with my family, so who cares if this doesn't represent the apex of her talents? I will, however, praise David Harbour in a standout performance as Alexei, i.e. Red Guardian. Flabby and moth-eaten, he's an unexpected superhero who provides much of the movie's comedy. Of course, seeing as how it's the film's showiest role, he's got an advantage over his co-stars. I mean, it ain't because he's a man, it just ain't. So don't go pinning that on old Farmer Gray, all right? He didn't say anything. Well, you were thinking it. Meantime, I'll also give props, as the kids say, to Ray Winstone as Drakov, his bland appearance and low-key evil making for a chillingly cold villain. And yes, he's a man too, but again, that ain't my fault. Enough. Fine. I'm about done anyway. Now, I give this picture three bales of hay out of four, a solid good. So, fellas, take a Saturday night date and go see it. And if your gal chides you for making her sit through yet another action movie, just say, Smelling my pheromones that prevents you from committing violence against me. No, no, say, but my darling, it was directed by a woman. At which point she'll say, well, all right, in that case, that should get you boys out of the doghouse. Yes, sir. Next week, I'll be reviewing the movie Pig with Nicolas Cage. That's right, Pig, P-I-G. 
It has all to do with a pig, so no false advertising there. Play me out, Zeke. (laughs) 